All right, welcome to another episode of The Broom Boys, brought to you by Buddy and Guy. I'm Guy. I'm Buddy. Okay, and so, I mean, we had a news, some news this week. Uh, I mean, there's, I, I was going to say Newsweek, but it's not really a Newsweek. It was a, we had some news this week, and and uh, <clears throat> I guess, I'll, I'll let you start, Buddy. Let, tell us about it. Oh, I mean, well... We'll start off with, you know, little little things of details keep leaking uh, with the impending approach of the Rise of Skywalker digital release. We're about two weeks out from that. Uh, but apparently, Palpatine's physical body was a clone. I don't know if that's a shock. I don't know if that's a surprise. I, it's something I had suspected that they had uh, borrowed that from the, uh, from the old expanded universe. Well, I mean, it is what it is. It makes sense. I mean, like, I, I, I guess to me that that makes more sense than a lot of shit they could have done because they have obviously cloned technology. Why wouldn't he fucking employ it? Well, right. We and we literally saw clones or copies of Snoke's body in the scene leading up to uh, his introduction to Palpatine's introduction. Right. So yeah, I'm just like I, that. It may it's a no brainer. If you didn't see that one coming, somebody that's really close to you that you love, just direct them to slap you in the face. Hard, twice. Anyway, all so right. That's, that's moving a, on. One bit of no news <laughs> news. Uh, so the second bit of no news news is uh, it is being whispered or said that. Ray will train new generations of Jedi in future movies. The only reason this is even remotely interesting to me or even worth bringing it up is because it's somewhat of a contradiction to what I think we've heard. Um, Cause I have heard multiple stories saying that Daisy Ridley and Oscar Isaac and John Bogata are done making star Wars movies, but then we keep getting stories like this. So thoughts and, yeah, I mean, looking at looking at how they rolled out Baby Yoda and his popularity, how he would fit and where he would fit into the whole saga if you continued his life beyond, say, the Mandalorian, obviously. Um, I think he's in, in a perfect place to continue the movie saga. I don't think we're going to continue this whole Skywalker saga that we're, we've been seeing this, you know, back and forth between the light side and the dark side and Anakin and this whole destiny of one person. I, I think what they meant by that portion's done is that's, that's done. We're moving on past just the saga. We're going to rebuild the Jedi order. They're going to have different threats. They're going to have the same old threats. Yeah. There might be Sith and there might be one, but the emperor that all that crap it's, it's done. It's, it's just done. The, the characters are going to come back in a capacity, but they're not going to be... Daisy Ridley's going to be, if her character's used again, it's going to be used in the capacity of the story, like as, uh, as Qui-Gon Jinn, or maybe not his death, but as, or as a Yoda, or as a Mace Windu, where they play their part, but they're not exactly what drives the story. You know what I mean? Well, sure. I mean, I guess, but like I, the thing I took away from that story was just basically confusion and contradiction about, are we actually going to get movies with Daisy Ridley again, or are we not? That was my main, my main point. Like I, I don't really care one way or another. Star Wars is obviously going to have to go 
in a different direction or a new direction than they have in the past 40 years since um, the conclusion of the story. But yeah, that was what I brought it up. Or the only reason I bring it up is just because it's, it's, there are multiple contradicting stories saying, yes, they're doing more and no, they're doing not. And that's why, and only why I feel like it was worth talking about. Absolutely. And the contradictions are something, but I, I, I am on the side to look at it and say, the contradictions are out there because people heard one thing and Disney's not into clear clarifying that because those, the rumor mill and speculation keeps the property alive in its own right. So it's like, let it keep going. Um, then drop, drop hints about it and news about it as things start to die down and bring, bring back that tension. And I mean, I, it's a news cycle, I think that way. Ah, potentially, potentially, but anyway, moving on. Uh, so this isn't technically news, but it was a bit of information that was dropped and it is definitely worthy of discussion. Uh, it was perusing the internet and came across an article saying purple lightsabers explained. And I'm like, all right, I'll check this out because, you know, as far as I knew, the origin of the purple lightsaber was just Samuel L. Jackson saying, hey, I want a different badass lightsaber. Anybody? And that is actually the origin of the that his. Yes. I mean, I, I've read that multiple sources have confirmed that exact story. Okay. So, but now apparently they are assigning some sort of canical uh, explanation as to why uh, why there are purple lightsabers. Now, canically, there's only two. There used to be three, but now there's only two. There's Mace Windu's and Darth Revan's, and then Anakin Solo also had a purple lightsaber back in the day. So they are saying the reason there are purple lightsabers is because when you are a youngling and you go to the crystal caves on Ilum to find your kyber crystal, the color the kyber crystal basically itself chooses is reflected upon the personality of the person who claims it. And the reason a purple will come up from time to time is because that Jedi has... Uh, how did they put it? They're walking or walking close to the dark side, or they're they're shadowed by the dark side. They they intermix with the dark side, and so it's kind of like a blend of the red and the blue, makes the purple. Um, it's interesting. It's a very interesting reason, and I like that they are uh, that they're assigning some canically. Um, right. So there's what some are, things that I. I have questions about when it, when it at first I was like yeah I started getting into it right um and then at that point in time I started asking questions like the end of the Skywalker films right uh the Skywalker saga Ray holds a yellow or orange gold whatever lightsaber right yes right correct so either she went and got a kyber crystal or she took somebody else's kyber crystal and used that, but nobody else had that color. So the color reflected was specifically orange. So, but up until that point, it was blue because so, well, up until then uh, it was blue because she was using Anakin's old saber. So at that point in time, I guess then why wouldn't the, uh, I don't understand 
Is it when you put a, a kyber crystal, you take it out of lifesaver and put it in your own hilt? It chooses the color because no, no, point, it's it's when you did find she go it, get one? Apparently, she went and got one. Or if you remember the story from a few weeks ago where Luke Skywalker got a yellow or had a yellow lightsaber in the Marvel comics, I'm wondering if it was. Oh, his crystal. that's right. Okay. So, but yes, it's when you're in the crystal caves and you find your kyber crystal because apparently they are semi sentient, semi aware, and have a con- a for a connection through the Force with the the owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yes, based on that connection and the owner's personality, the now, uh, the color will be chosen. Okay, so that which which explains one part of it, um, which means the only way to get so far the how I mean the only cross between colors that gets you purple is blue and red, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm not a. I color mean, colors wheel obviously. I'm not a color but, wheel guy, but I mean, that would be my guess. Right. Combine, combine blue and red and you get purple and say la vie. Well, there's, and now I'll get to my point there in a second. Um, so with, like you said, it, the, it, it picks its color, but purple, if you get a blank Kyber crystal and you, it goes purple, the only way for it to really do that is for it to have hints of red in it, which means is it reflecting you? But the only way to get a kyber crystal to turn red, they say, in canon, is to bleed it. And the only way to bleed it is to take to take a crystal from somebody and do bad shit with it. And so the pro the only thing that I see with the see with this is with current canon how the crystal uh, gets its color is there it's doesn't just straight choose red so the only way to get the red into uh, a crystal would be to to bleed it and um i'm not saying it's like they partially bled a blue crystal because i i do like what they're saying but you see what i you get you see my one conflict there i mean yeah in the grand scheme of things the that conflict is probably you know i mean it's not the biggest of of things now um, can i say one last thing about it take it to full circle so i can to my final point well well sure but only if you let me finish first real quick because I okay was, you I was gonna i was gonna bring up to your point with the whole with the whole bleeding of the of the lightsaber it's not as if the uh so, like, Vader makes a, a green saber turn red by bleeding the crystal. It's not like it goes from green to, like, it's not like it goes through a, a literal color shift where it starts to fade. It's just something that happens, you know, because if, if, if it went through the color spectrum until it hit red, um, we would see purple and, you know, and, and pink and all sorts of other colors along the way. So, I mean, I don't know how how literal we need to take the whole you know, blending of the, of the light and dark and the red and the blue. And that's how we get purple thing. I mean, it could just be that the crystal knows to turn purple and that there's no, there's no process involved in that. You know what I'm saying? Like it just becomes purple. Like it doesn't have to blend, but it just becomes purple to reflect the, the closeness that yes, this is a Jedi. He follows the light, but he kind of walks close to the dark too. 
now I and I don't know how much we know of Mace Windu um consider with current canon. With current canon, um, we know a lot less. With old now, canon, we knew quite a bit. Uh, and I'm just going to pose this theory, you know, and just just let it sit where it is. But I would almost take what he's talking about a step further. I would question and wonder if this isn't what happens to a Jedi who's fallen and then redeemed themselves. So it's sort of like Revan, that's what doesn't get his purple lightsaber until he's a Jedi Jedi again, right? I believe. No, he had the purple saber already. Oh, already? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, okay, that was in Legends. My well, no, it's is canon. With... I mean, Revan is canon, and therefore his whole story is canon. I guess. I don't know. I think we have to assume that if, if Revan is canon because of the visual dictionary, then everything that he's done is also canon. Unless they come back and decide that they want to change it and create this entire... It's like the new movie. We'll see how much it follows or the new KOTOR games. Right, um, right. Well, until we have that new source saying that this is the official canon going forward, we have to we have to stick with what we know. I just assume that we know absolutely only his name at this point. I mean, that's my feeling. I, but you're right. I mean, I, and I, I can see definitely the other side um, as far as to understand the lore. Um, and my feeling is we'll see how they employ it, but they changed kind of how Kyber crystals work because they used to be you found a specific color and you put it in and it was, you know, at Say La Vie, you get that color of a lightsaber. And even in Fallen Order, they kind of play loose with the color of lightsaber you have. Well, yeah, I mean, you can switch back and forth between colors whenever you want. And then when you go to build your new lightsaber, you find you go through the cave, you find your crystal, and then you can literally make it whatever color you want out of like the seven, eight, nine options that they give you. So I'm I'm curious to see. I feel like Disney, uh, Marvel, Lucas, somebody in that whole arc of the story has an has uh, idea in mind for the Kyber or there is, they have like something that they're going to do as far as an explanation for it. Um, I don't know what, I mean, my guess is more than anything with this whole luminous and novels launching. Um, and we'll talk about that. We're going to find out a lot more as far as the, the Kyber crystals and a lot of the other, elements physical elements and properties of a lot of the jedi tech well yeah i mean kyber crystals have been an ever-changing ever-evolving topic even within the old canon even within the old eu um and then of course with the new stuff kyber crystals evolved from originally there was a kyber crystal just one it was a special crystal luke went and found it put it in his lightsaber for a little bit and then used it as a teaching tool. And that was, that was the end of the Kyber crystal. It was the Kyber crystal, you know, capital K. And then, you know, we go on down the road years and years operating with that knowledge. And then rogue one comes out. No, the clone wars cartoon comes out. And then we see an episode where Yoda takes a bunch of younglings to Ilum and they go and find their kyber crystals and we're like oh okay so it's a it's a type of crystal and then we see rogue one you know they're talking about on the planet jetta 
you know, where there's literal kyber mines and that they're mining the kyber crystals so they can power the Death Star weapon. You know, and then, but we also see, actually physically see a kyber crystal around um, Urso's neck. She She's wearing one the whole time around Jin's neck. She's got a necklace with a kyber crystal and it is clear, um, which means obviously no Jedi because no color was assigned to it, I guess is what we can maybe assume from that now. But yeah, kyber, kyber crystals have been a constantly evolving topic within Star Wars. And I mean, I can't see them stopping anytime soon. Right, especially as you go down the the idea of the, the sentient being, or kind of sentient slash force connection and every little thing else. I'm curious to see how they develop it and and a little bit just because the it will explain a whole lot into the insight of the I don't want to say Jedi wielding the lightsaber, but the one that the crystal was originally formed a bond with. Um anyway, it it definitely is interesting, but I I I feel like there's it there's a little bit more to it than just um, flirting with the dark side. I possibly we'll see if they expand on the topic or not. Um, but since you brought it up, that was going to be our fourth uh, news story for the week. Uh, we were going to talk about the big announcement that occurred uh, about a week ago. Now at the time of this recording uh, project luminous, was finally officially announced and we know what it's going to be about. It is going to take place in the high Republic period, uh, which is 200 years before a new hope. Mm-hmm. You, talk- sound, we- <laughs> you sound like you have feelings about this. I, I, I kind of do. I mean, some good, some bad, but I'll I'll let you, I'll get your feelings first, and then I kind of will have my moment of he had a good point, and I'll I'll calm down or my um, rant. Oh, I'm hoping for rant. I'm really hoping for rant. <laughs> um, anyway, my thoughts. Um, I'm all about new Star Wars stories. Always have been. Always will be. I am all about new Star Wars stories that have little or nothing to do with what we are know about and what are we are connected to already. 100% about it. What I find confusing about it is in the launch, kind of the launch press release, there was a statement that kind of bugged me a little bit because they were talking about how, well, hey, back in the day, the old EU sustained and kept the star wars universe going and alive in between movies and in between other projects and things like that um and you know we're excited to kind of carry on that tradition of releasing awesome stories while we're waiting for the new movies and whatnot and i'm like all right that's cool but then later on they went on to start taking credit for things like well we invented a jedi wookie and it's like motherfucker you didn't invent a jedi wookie there was a Jedi Wookiee. His name was Lobaka. He was Chewbacca's nephew. We have seen Wookiee Jedi before. We have seen it already. So you're talking about honoring the past and the tradition of the EU and then going on to claim like, oh, but look at all this new cool stuff we're doing. You know, whatever. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. Uh, again, I'm excited for the stories. 
I mean, it sounds like they've got a, they describe them as space Vikings that they're going to be combating or going up against. Cool, fine, whatever. I'm not sure how they could pose a threat to the Jedi, but I'm sure that's something that will be shown to us at some point. Uh, and we're going to see gray Jedi during this time. That might be the most interesting thing. Cause I don't think we've ever formally seen a gray Jedi with the exception of probably Revan. You might consider Revan a gray by the time he's done with his Sith Lord period, because he freely uses the force in whatever way he feels, you know, up to and including force lightning and whatnot. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll see Yoda will probably be mentioned. Um, maybe there might be one or two other familiar characters with equally long lifespans or similarly long lifespans that'll show up. So, you know, there probably will be a touch of the familiar. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, for the most part, it's, I would say cautious optimism is what I have right now, but there, I can't deny that I'm excited. Okay. And the rightfully so. And I, I, I was, I think I was really, really made crabby by exactly what you said about uh, them taking credit for or even the news article giving them credit, whether they took it or not, or whether it was given to them um, about this first Jedi Wookiee. And it's like, no, no, somebody should have done their research before either releasing the story or somebody should have redone the research before taking credit for doing that. Because if they really did get people that quote unquote love the Star Wars Star Wars stories and the universe and where it came from, they're sh- doing a bad job showing that's the case because there's no reference to where it's been, only where it's going. And I'm excited in some ways because I think it's a nice point to really get into Yoda because at the point in time, if they maintain how the Jedi are structured, then you're going to see Yoda, unless there's somebody older than, um, I want to say, 700 years at the point of 200 years before. Um, he died at 904-ish. Um, but the point being is he's like 700 years old unless there's somebody and there might be somebody older than that. But if, unless there isn't, uh, or unless there is, he's the Jedi grandmaster, which puts him, him not at the, as he's the highest Jedi, maybe not the highest council member, like the leader of the council, but he is the, the presiding Jedi, which means a whole lot of the philosophy at that point in time, should be Yoda centric, I guess you could say. So I, if if they stay true to the kind of the story that I see it, then I mean I feel like you really have a high republic that's built and founded upon the Yoda ideals that you learn um, that are taught to Luke, and you should see a whole lot of these Jedi with that principle. Um, he's been training Jedi for what he said, eight hundred years or whatever. Yeah, that's what he so, said. Was eight hundred years of I trained Jedi Knights. So I feel like even if you don't, you know, there's somebody quote unquote older than him. Um, fine, but this you have to understand. I mean, at that point in time, he has trained so many damn Jedi and all those kind of things. You have they had better be giving him his due. 
Um, but I don't know that they will because it was it was that was some of the fear that I was watching. I watched the trailer. I I've seen some of the news now, and they're all excited about telling these new stories and all these kind of things. But I don't actually feel like any of them have read any of the old stories. Oh, they probably feel haven't. Like they've only thing they've seen is the movies all the way through and been like, "Oh, we love them." And that is that you can't say that you love all the movies because there's some there's highlights in each one of the films like we've talked about. And then there's some low points in all of the films. And that's another thing to to definitely remember. And so I don't feel like the writers that they have right now really, truly I the writers, but I don't think they have the universe or know what the universe was more than um, have Googled it or whatever uh, they had. I don't know. I just I, some of them, maybe not all of them. And so that said, am I I'm hopeful that we're going to get some good content? Yes, but I'm fearful that their idea of what makes them good Star Wars writers and really into it is different than what my expectation is. Um, now, the cover art that I saw with the different Jedi, I was really stoked. Not just because of the lightsaber hilts, because, wow, there were so many different hilts. Um really cool cool designs there that i saw but also did did you notice how many different color of lightsabers there were yeah yeah i did um did you notice the one with the 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 like two prong kind of blade uh hold on let me take a look at the image you you talk and let me take a look at the image again i didn't i mean i looked at it obviously but i obviously didn't look that close it yeah really cool um uh I think the biggest is that there's a whole lot. You see all the different styles. I mean, definitely, definitely people are using their blades in different ways. There's even one guy that doesn't even have his on. He's just using the force to levitate, obviously, probably more like a consular class kind of thing. Um, then you have one lady with like a twilight blade. Like, I don't want to say dark, like a dark shape, but it's like, it's like starry night kind of thing. It's, it, I'm, I have no clue what the hell kind of kyber crystal that is. But you see, it's like... And then the variants of the blades, like the uh, on the left side of the page uh, or picture, you have the one lady with the... the she, her blade is like literally almost white, like a baby blue light or something kind of thing. But it's like forked. Yeah, and actually, it's crazy. What I'm, what I'm wondering about right here is remember the rise of Skywalker trailer where it showed dark side Ray and she had that double bladed saber that snapped that folded in half and then snapped down. I'm wondering if that's what she's carrying. Ooh, could be, could be, but right. Do you see what I mean though? With all Actually, the colors? No, and... but now that you can see the bottom of the hilt, the bottom mm-hmm. of the hilt looks like it's like almost like a talon, like a fang. So yeah, maybe not. Maybe that is a maybe that is a two pronged light or two bladed lightsaber. That's interesting. And then I see an orange saber. I see a purple saber. I see a, I mean, 
So there's another purple saber. Two purple sabers, actually. There you go. So there's two more. And I. So there's got to be a meaning behind them. But hang on. I mean, there's a color that can only be described as black. Mm hmm. So maybe that's the dark saber. Is that the lady on the right side? Yeah, the lady on the right side. I, I, it's not the dark saber. That's the thing is I looked at if you look at the hilt as much as you can because it's not very visible. Yeah, it doesn't no. look like the hilt. And then the blade of the dark saber is more like a katana. Hers is not even close. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm wondering if that has anything to do with like how you style your emitter or something like that. I mean, there's got to be. Then it's the same kyber crystal. Potentially, it could, be, it could be the same crystal, yeah, but not the same hilt. Which again, the they're hilt. gonna have to explain, and someone has some explaining to do when it comes to the kyber crystals. If that's that's has to do with the the being the original dark saber. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and uh, we've got a dual bladed green lightsaber. That's kind of cool. What's what's a little interesting to me is there's this Zabrak guy. There's it, and there's like, I want to say there were two. Yeah, there's two. There's a Zabrak guy, and then right over his shoulder is another freaking Zabrak guy that looks almost exactly like him. Like it's his twin brother or something. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and then there's a... You know, there's a reptilian-looking guy holding a saber that looks like the hilt is really oddly curved. Um, or, or yeah, I don't know. Cause his, 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 the bottom of the hilt is like pointing towards us as the viewer, but the blade is sticking straight up. So, I mean, that would be like, that's a really odd curve. So yeah, I mean, we're going to see some cool, obviously some cool lightsabers. And did you notice that some of them actually have like cross guard hilts on theirs? Yeah, a few of them do. And then a couple of them look like they might have uh, like decorative uh, adornments on them and things like that. But now here's another thing: there is almost like I I've seen a picture of um, six of them standing together, and you get like two of them have green blades, two of them have almost like a blue blade, and then two others almost have purple blades, but. If you like everybody else's blade colors, like are were identical, right? But the purple ones, one was almost like a pink, and one was almost purple. Like, I'm really, st- I'm really curious about what we're gonna find out about how how the Kyber crystals go after the idea or how choose their color. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's. There's multiple images out there um, showing Jedi holding lightsabers and things of that nature. Um, well, that's a crazy one. I haven't hadn't seen this one before. This is a new one that's out, it looks like. I, I've been looking at these because the hilts and stuff really were exciting to me, the, the lightsabers themselves, but also the hilts because... Um, you don't get a real sense of the where they come from, how they were made, or where they got the information to make them. Any of those kind of things. And to see so many different, unique variations um, 
I, I feel like there's at least something to learn there or there's a little something to to know. Well, I mean, it was always said in the old EU that the lightsaber hilt um, was really the most personal part of the project to the Jedi and that they were encouraged by their masters to have something of an artistic flair or to put something that held meaning to the Jedi within their lightsaber to use materials that had meaning within the, the lightsaber. Uh, the belief was doing this would make the the person constructing the saber feel more attached to it. Um, so I think we're just seeing a lot of personal flair um, in these lightsaber designs. I think they're cool, though. I think they're they're really, really neat. And some of these designs, you know, we've seen uh, variants of some of these sort of things in various video games and things like that. But um Here's a Twi'lek with a yellow. Yeah, so yeah. It, it really, and I'm I'm looking. I'm literally looking at a picture of a pink lightsaber blade too, right now. It's oh. it's pink. It is one one trillion percent pink. There's no other color to describe that. It is pink. I mean, magenta yes. maybe, but it's fucking pink. <sighs> Whoa! Hey, yeah. I, even on the 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 kids the because obviously that was the other thing about Luminous. It is designed at children teen and adult they're going at every category pr- publication wise graphic novel um written novel kids books all those kind of things are going to be included in project luminous in the high high republic time so but looking at that i do see some definite pink lightsabers even in the kids books Cool. So, right on. I'm uh, I'm I'm all about it. Like I said, to an extent, cautiously optimistic. But you know, if if they give us some badass Jedi stuff, they give us some, uh, you know, just if they talk about the Jedi and the Force and what it is to be a Jedi and what it means to be a Jedi, and just if they go into all of that, it'll make me very very happy. I'm, I've never been satisfied with the the Jedi are because they are and they do what they do because they do what they do. Like I want a deep dive on the force. I want a deep dive on everything that has to do with the Jedi. Well, and I want to, yeah, definitely a deep dive on Jedi um, mentality. I'm not maybe really into it. Like, you know, go through training or anything, but the, I feel it's more like an ideology in some ways they, they or it's a it's a way of thinking right it's so at that point in time define that or at least give it limitations boundaries ways that it can grow and I, I hope that they do that that's that's my cautiously hop, optimistic is I hope they at least explain the order in a way that you understand where it came from and i it's a nice chance for them to really set it up to to explain how it failed because once you get to a new hope and or even um the phantom menace you see how the republic is starting to fail and i mean yeah that's that's palpatine but in a lot of ways in his schemes but they also set it up that he was allowed to infiltrate 
both the 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 Senate and the ranks of the Jedi in a lot of different ways. I mean, Dooku and um, those he turned, Anakin. So it, it'll be a nice chance for them to hopefully do some, some creative storytelling, give us a nice uh, universe uh, or prequel to the universe we know and a nice setup for it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... <clears throat> Some of the stuff that you brought up question wise, you know, especially as it relates to Sidious and and how he was able to do some of the stuff he did has been covered in stuff that is now Legends. Um, so, you know, maybe they maybe they will expand upon that. Maybe they'll maybe they'll take their own course on the story and chart their own path. I mean, who knows? Um, or they it, could look at the old story and use that as a guide. Well, I mean, they definitely have done something similar uh, in the past. Obviously, you've seen them take influence uh, in from many different things uh, to uh, to kind of guide how they uh, are writing a current story. Sorry, my my mind got all frazzled there for a second trying to process this. But yes, they've definitely. I taken hit those potholes all the time. <laughs> You're good. Yeah, mine's <laughs> not a pothole though. Mine's just um whatever. Uh, yeah, they've definitely taken influence from the old EU and put that into the current stories in in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so it's it'll be interesting to see. We will uh, find out this year. The publication light of the Jedi, I think, is the first confirmed and announced title, and it'll be released August twenty fifth of this year. In hardcover and, I mean, I assume probably audiobook and, you know, digital ebooks and things of that nature, uh, probably on the same day. So, you know, we've, we're, what, it's now March 1st? So we're, you know, five and a half months away from this uh, first story being released. Happy birthday to me. Oh, is that your birthday? No, well, not exactly. I, I, <laughs> my birthday month is August. So, and it comes out after my birthday. So if I just save my birthday until it comes out, happy birthday to me. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, you see. I, Ba-bam. I only know three birthdays. Mine, my wife's, and my son's. And the only everything ones else, matter. Everything else. I, well, no, I guess I know my mom's and my brother's. Okay, that's not true. I know a lot of birthdays, but I depend on Facebook telling me when most people's birthdays. <laughs> I mean, that's just. Right? I just, that's just uh, the way it is. Thank God for something. Um, right. So so we'll see how Luminous turns out. So um, next thing we're going to be going, I guess, over really quick is uh, that re- the recap of episode two in season seven of The Clone Wars. Yes. Episode two titled A Distant Echo. <laughs> they, they went for some <laughs> double entendre in that title, didn't they? <laughs> Yes, they did. Okay. Well, so we see a continuation of the story started in, in episode one, where the Bad Batch and Rex, now aided by Anakin, are launching on the mission to go and rescue Echo uh, after picking up his signal after raiding the Cyber Center. Uh, episode starts out with them kind of planning and gearing up and getting ready. And Anakin's like, well, we can launch the mission as soon as the council approves. Um, 
And so there's a lot of banter back and forth and chitty chatty and whatnot. And then Anakin, you know, not so subtly to Rex is like, what, is, what did he say? How did he put it? He put it in a really... We have that thing. We have that thing. We have to go do that thing in the place. Yeah. And Rex was like, huh? What are you talking about? And blah, 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 blah. Well, it turns out the that, thing in the place... That thing. That thing, that thing is he's got to go and make a phone call to Padme. Uh, and Rex is going to stand watch outside while this is going on. And so he does it. And, you know, we see Padme talking to Anakin. And meanwhile, Obi-Wan comes um, sauntering up and is talking to Rex about, hey, where's Anakin? Hey, what are you doing? Why are you acting so weird? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Rex had given Anakin a signal that somebody was coming. And so he wraps up his call, goes out, you know, kind of kind of saves Rex and deflects the attention from Rex onto him. And plays it off in, you know, in a very Anakin kind of like, whatever, don't worry about it, you know, kind of way. Um, just totally deflecting the subject. And then Obi-Wan was, what did he say? How did he put it? Did you at least say hello to Padme for me or something along those lines? So, And uh, it was the first time you really see, I'm well, okay, not the first time you really see, but definitely in the first time in season seven when you see their interaction, even their first interaction together in the season, and there's that tension. I don't know if you saw it, but it was like these bickering, almost, they were almost bickering. Like Anakin is feeling the pressure from Obi-Wan, who is taking his role in the Jedi. And is he's on the council at that point in time, not. Yeah, he's just yeah. A general. He's, he's, no, he's definitely on the council by this point. Okay. And so, he, so you got, you definitely see that kind of friction growing between them and that wedge coming into place. Uh, I suspect it's because Obi Wan, obviously, I think he knows everything. I think he knows that Anakin and Padme are married and that they're in love, and and that you know all of this is clearly in conflict to the Jedi Order's rules and beliefs and guidelines and standards, but. You know, because of how he feels about Anakin, I mean, say what you will, the Jedi aren't supposed to love or have attachment or anything like that. But Obi-Wan loves Anakin. He loves him like a brother. And I mean, and he he clearly, I think, has a very strong notion. I don't think he knows that she's pregnant, obviously, which, yeah, no, you don't find he 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 gave no indication of knowing that until like the last one of the last times they talk in Revenge of the Sith. But um yeah, I think he knows everything that's going on. I think he's keenly aware of it. And obviously, during the war, they can't afford to get rid of or lose a Jedi such as Anakin. And so to say something would most definitely cause that. Uh, so he is maybe not trying to mask his displeasure. But at the same time, you know, he's kind of like, why are you why are you putting on this front? Why are you lying to me? Like, you know that I know and I know that you know that I know. And so why are we pretending? Because all it's doing. Why are is we doing the dance? All it's doing is making this awkward tension shit. So, yeah, I don't well, know. And that yeah. was the other interesting part, because when he was talking to Padme, uh, you definitely noticed that she is also his voice of reason because he wants to just be done and be with her. And she's saying, we both have our duties. We both have our duties. And she's clearly starting to bump out, dude. She's like, I like, 
you can tell she's like beginning of her pregnancy right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wish we had a more clear image of how far off from Revenge of the Sith we are. Are we weeks? Are we months? Are we days even potentially? I mean, who knows? But that would be that would be a nice just little information to know. I don't know how they could convey it to us, but it would be nice to know it. I think they'll get it across at some point. I mean, Order 66, I think, is going to be a really clear. I, I hope we see it. I really hope they kind of overlap because they can semi overlap, I hope, in some ways and um, really give us a clear indication like what does what do, do our favorite clones do once Order 66 goes into effect? Because they're going to turn on these are the guys that are ultimately supposed to be the ones that turn on Obi-Wan or Anakin or I mean, not Anakin probably at that point. But you know what I mean? Uh, well, we know Cody. We saw Cody turn on Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Cody oh, is yeah. with him on Utapau, and Cody literally hands him his lightsaber. Obi-Wan goes charging off on his lizard, and then Order 66 comes through, and he orders the cannons to open fire. So, yeah, we see Cody uh, turn on, on Obi-Wan. Of course, they don't... Right. The clones... The, the Revenge of the Sith book, again, I always reference it when it comes into this period of time because, I mean, it was so good. But they said the in the book, they said the reason Order 66 worked so well is because of the fact that the way the clones were made, whatever was in order to them was in order. They did it. They had no malice, no hate, no, no whatever, no deception. So they had no... They weren't giving off any signals that the Jedi would detect. They were just literally following orders and they were doing it dispassionately. So to them, they weren't betraying anybody. Like there's no guilt associated with it. There's no nothing associated with it. It's just, oh, this is my programming. This is my orders. Order 66 says annihilate the Jedi. Okay, well, here we go. I'm going to annihilate the Jedi. And that's how they were able to pull it off. These clones were watching, though, and when we get to the end of the episode, it might, I think we'll definitely feel my point is made. These clones, at least Rex, is different. Uh, yeah, for sure. In fact, hold on, I because I need to, I just need to watch Star Wars Rebels, um, because I think Rex shows up in Star Wars Rebels and fights alongside of the Rebels. I think he, I think he's on that show. I just okay, need to watch it. I need, I need to watch it. Yeah, me too. I, but I think I, I think you're right. I think I heard something or I read something that was explaining Rex's history and he was on that show. Yes. He, um, he is in star Wars rebels. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. He, he so. apparently at the, at some point he retired and then he came out of retirement to join the rebellion. So my thing about him is he, he, he may be just as much a bad batch as the bad batch are. Um, otherwise, at least Rex, if not more, almost seem to defy that programming of not. But I guess that's he had a connection. It's like an order is an order, an order, an order, an order. But I don't know. I don't know. I would be curious to see how they wrap up and tie up the the clone stories. 
in this this season. Okay, back to it. So Padme, Anakin's like, don't worry about it. And we see the little bit of tension. And Anakin and Rex go wandering off after Padme says, maybe you should uh, listen to Rex. He's always charging blindly behind you into battle. Maybe you owe him the same. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's cool. I think that's cool. Um, okay, so let me hop back to Captain Rex real quick. So okay, so what happened was that apparently in Order sixty six, him he helped Asaka, Asaka, Ahsoka escape, and then he disappeared, and then he reemerged later uh, to join the rebellion. Now, if you look at his image from the Rebels cartoon, you'll see a bald old man with a gray beard, full beard. Now, in Return of the Jedi, on the planet Endor, one of the commando squadron that goes in with Han and Leia and Luke and Chewie to blow up the shield generator is an old man with a big white beard and a bald head. And apparently, they designed Rex's uh, new image as he appears in, in Rebels to match that guy because they're basically saying, hey, that old man that you see on Endor in Return of the Jedi is Rex. Oh, wow. Kind of cool, That's like, yeah, that would be really cool. Not only that, because, I mean, just saying, that's kind of also Django, man. It's kind of also Django. It's kind of also Boba. Right? (laughs) It's it's also probably kind of some of the Stormtroopers also at that point too maybe possibly well i mean my thing about that and we talked a little about it because uh it's sort of like in a conversation we had about um continuity issues thanks to season seven and holes or problems with canon that it causes um and one of them was had to do with people are talking about well there's no way the clones could have shown up uh, and been there when and when they needed them and when they were using them. And I think some of them were and some of them weren't, but that's that's that kind of thing that we were seeing them talk about is you have 200,000 clones being made at a time and then they get moved to a new bat tubes after, you know, two years and a new batch has started. So you're rolling about four hundred thousand, you know, every every two years, two hundred thousand clones come out, and you have ten years of production, which means you have at least a million clones that are being made. Um, even if they shut down the vats and kill them all, or they could keep producing them and maybe put them in stasis or whatever at some point, and then just keep selling them to whoever wants to buy them as troopers, as clone troopers. And then, you know, so I feel like the clones are are something you see. I mean, maybe the emperor even to man his fleet gets a hold of, you know, a couple hundred thousand of them. It's like the, the clone facilities, they're still there. Even if they're just shut down. I mean, I, I'd be curious to find out what happened to all the clones that were in production after the Clone Wars end. My suspicion is that they probably shut down production of more clones when the war ended and then just let them, you know, whoever, whatever clones were already produced and being finished, 
they probably let them, you know, finish training up and then they sent them to join the whatever. Um, and then they probably, uh, I mean, probably flushed a lot of, a lot of clones down a lot of tubes, if you know what I'm saying. Right. But you could even, even if you had good viable, uh, DNA from Django, they could sell them at elite unit rates uh to the republic or the emperor empire yeah but what i'm saying is that they were shut down completely like like the kaminoans they're non-humans palpatine is a notorious racist i mean to use any other term would just be ridiculous he's a racist if you look there's Mm -hmm. nothing but humans he's always surrounded by nothing but humans and that's because he believed in the superiority of the human race and wanted his empire to be a quote-unquote pure one. And then that's why many of the atrocities carried out by his empire were directed against alien species. Right. Although it's interesting, he although humans are so glorified in his mind that their lifespan, he tried to emulate <laughs> different races because he didn't want he wanted to live forever rather than just accepting... Well, I mean, but that was that's the ultimate dark side power is to that in their mind is that's the ultimate pursuit is to live forever. Right. So, so yeah, I don't know. Uh but yeah. anyway, anyway, so back to the episode. Anyway. Uh right. So what Rex and the Bad Batch and Anakin saddle up and go flying to the planet that Echo's on. I can't remember its name. Uh, they have not really important. It's not really important. Uh, they have kind of a rough, uh, rough landing. They get attacked by flying lizards that are actually being ridden by the natives of this planet. Uh, you know, inexplicably Anakin allows one to grab him and pick him up and carry him off. Why he didn't sense it in the force or do anything to defend himself is beyond me other than use the force to open up the talons i mean or force shove the thing away or jedi mind trick it or you know any number of other things or or and or um (laughs) but then you know we see i think it's hunter grapples the lizard that's carrying anakin and kind of follows along with them and they end up back at the the alien village and he guides the rest of the crew in and uh they they burst onto the scene and shoot to disarm so there's no casualties i mean these guys are are amazing shots because they're just shooting weapons out of hands left and right best damn shots of any fucking troopers i have ever seen out of any no anybody anywhere ever they're they're pretty incredible uh so then tech uses something in his visor to not only translate the alien language, but then be able to speak it himself, uh, communicates with the leader of the tribe or the village or the clan or whatever you want to call it, tells them what's up. And they say, okay, well, we'll give you scouts and we'll guide you to where the, to where the bad guys are. So they go off to the bad guy, tower, fortress, force, base whatever um they have a little squabble again we hear um i think it's hunter again or wrecker maybe one of them say something you know regs oh they're just regs you know it's like these bad batch guys hunter 
Hunter, yeah. These Bad Batch guys kind of look down on the normal clones. They have like a derogatory term for, you know, non-mutated clones. It's it's kind of weird. Uh, so we see a squabble. Anakin sends them off to find an entrance into the tower. He kind of has a chat with Rex saying, hey, you might have to accept that Echo's dead and that... Oh, because they lost Echo's signal. That's what happened. They lost Echo's signal and they got all kind of confused about it. And and Rex got pissed and Anakin's like, you might have to accept that he's gone. And he said, well, sir, I need to find out. You know, we need to, we need to do this. And I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Exactly, yeah. So they infiltrate the tower. Uh, Echo's signal has reappeared. They go up an elevator. Uh, they encounter, they say, okay, this is a stealth mission. And of course, door opens and a very interesting design of battle droid is waiting on the other side and stealth is no longer an option. So they, uh, wrecker, they, yeah, <laughs> wrecker. So they, uh, one of my favorite scenes, actually, he goes charging in. Yeah. Yeah. He likes using a knife. He doesn't like <laughs> shooting very much. Uh, so they destroy all of them and then echo signal disappears again. So they go and, uh, they split up, search. They're going to search room by room. And we see Anakin get surrounded by, what, like two battle droids? And he's almost acting like he's in deep shit. Like, like he thinks he's yeah. going to get killed. Like he's cowering almost. It's really weird. It's like he was working his ass off to make sure that he didn't die. And I'm thinking to myself, it's two fucking droid, droids. It's like force push, zip with your lightsaber, and you're done. Yeah, no, he couldn't couldn't pull that shit out. We've seen him take on just massively weird odds. Later in the episode, you see it. Yeah, so I don't know. But anyway, Echo Signal reappears once again. They find the door. They get a communication from the spidery admiral of the the Separatists. And he says, you've fallen into my trap. And I then, looked up his name. He was like, he's been around a couple times. Yeah, they said his name multiple times in the episode. And I'm like, I repeated it to myself. I'm like, I'm going to remember it. I'm going to remember it. And, you know, here it is a day later. And I fucking forgot. Uh, Trench. Yes. Admiral Trench. Okay. Trench. Yes. That's half cyborg, half spider guy that keeps, I guess, avoiding death. The fuck. Hey, we got another Dooku, I guess. It is, or it not is. Dooku, Grievous. Grievous, yeah. Grievous, it is what it is. Grievous, that's it. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, so we uh, after his little bad guy speech, we see a whole lot of droids show up and surround him, and then inexplicably, like even though that they have the clones and everybody else dead to rights, they are incapable of even wounding any of them, much less killing them. Uh, so we get another cool little fight scene. Um, everybody kind of has a little moment showing off their, their badassery and it's cool. It is what it is. Uh, and then we see Rex and tech get the door open. Uh, they go in and they see like a, like a cryopod, a stasis chamber, whatever you want to call it. Tech goes to work on the, on the controls and, you know, pops open and we see echo you know, cabled up and plugged in and looking, uh, straight up. Yeah. Matrix style. Yeah. Matrix style. Uh, looking way more dead than alive. They do more techie stuff and get him out. And Rex starts talking to him and, 
Echo is unaware of anything that's transpired. He said, oh, Captain, you came back for me. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I came back for you. Um, they get him unplugged, and it seems like they successfully rescued him because we don't know for sure because that's where the episode ended. <sighs> now, right, and my thing about it is a comment those flat-headed, brainy things said. You guys have responded exactly how the algorithm has planned. Um, meaning everything that they they assumed that they would come and rescue Echo. Right, Watt uh, Watt Tambor. Yeah, that's who you're the the leader of the yeah. techno union. Yeah, yeah. And so. At this point in time, do they actually did they were they able to extrapolate an algorithm from what they were able to learn about the strategies from Echo's head? Because um, they obviously had him plugged in and were running simulations along with everything else, actual real time battles. Um, how they were feeding him information, what they were doing to him is still unknown, uh, but. I don't know. I feel like it's a huge possibility that this is a setup, a trap. Uh, they're sending him back, and you don't know exactly what they were doing with him, and they obviously knew all this was going to go down. So did they just, you know, try uh. and kill him with the expectation that they were going to get Echo back, and now we're going to see the actual the actual plan that they were kind of the trojan horse that they've now slipped into the the city uh you know i don't know about that because you remember uh that admiral trench made a made a, a call to watt tambor and said hey these clones broke into the cyber center and they it looks like they traced the signal back to the planet that you're on and that they, Hey, they might be coming. They might be coming. So, I mean, it's, if, if that is the plan, then, then it's something they came up with on the fly because, you know, they, we literally have this character telling Watt Tambor that, Hey, an attack might be coming, get your guys ready. So if, if it was an actual trap, then that phone call or whatever, that communication wouldn't have needed to be made. Well, unless they ran the algorithm, realized that the only option, the 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 outcome that was going to most likely come eighty percent or whatever, was the rescuing of Echo. Why not send him with either a bug, a virus, or something programmed into him that they've added, um, in with their tech to help them infiltrate? I mean, I think on the fly, if those guys are smart enough to basically use him as a computer. CPU, um, they're smart enough to figure something out like that on the fly. Sure, you yeah, know what I mean. No, the potential is definitely there, but yeah, like I don't think that was, I don't think that was part of the plan until after that communication was made from Trench Agreed. to Tambor. Yeah, yeah um, good point. All in all, not the best episode, in my opinion. No, I was. This was like, I I guess I was still feeling feeling like I did at the end of the first episode, where 
it wasn't bad. I still have high hopes for the rest of the season. I just feel like the they've chose to kind of go with almost a slow setup at the start, like a lot of information, but not a whole lot of um, action slash real story. Um, like the premise of the story is, is getting set up in these first episodes um, where we are going to be, how it's going to all play in. I feel like they're setting up for that, but they're trying to make it interesting, but, and they need the episodes to explain it and really roll it all out. But when you get down to it, it's really not that exciting. Yeah, no, if they're trying to make it interesting, they need to try harder. Um, yeah, I think they could do a better job, but I mean, this gets us back to the, the writer stuff we talked about. Sure, sure. I mean, it's 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 a fine story. I just wish that it wasn't the sole focus of these first two episodes, and hopefully they start showing us other characters and other stories. I wish they would have multiple stories going on in the same episode. Um, Ooh, that would be nice. To, like if you saw what Obi-Wan and Mace Windu were doing and stuff right. like or that. Or what Darth Maul or Ahsoka are doing at this time. Or what Yoda's doing or what Dooku's doing. I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there's... Making the sole focus Rex, the Bad Batch, and their quest for Echo. You know, it's fine if they had gotten it wrapped up in one episode. But to have it stretched over two, at a minimum Without- two really a cliffhanger either yeah without really a cliffhanger and with everything seeming like super easy like these guys haven't been challenged really yet at all they haven't had any difficulty at all um you know like despite the fact that they all should have just been gunned down completely like when they're surrounded by 50 battle droids that each one has like a multi-blaster on each arm like, they should have just been mowed down. And disruptor shields and everything else. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, they, they're making it... They made it super easy for these guys. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really know. Maybe it's because I don't know where it's going. That's why I'm having so many problems with it. But, you know, I mean, maybe the, maybe the thing with Echo plays out into something more important later. And then we'll come back or look back at that time and be like, ah, okay. So that's what these episodes at the beginning were doing. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But the other is I think we're also seeing specific personalities of the specific clones because there's a chance that some of the clones have an issue as far as some of them don't have an issue with taking order. Obviously, the majority of clones are are programmed that way. But are we going to see that with the Bad Batch? Are we going to see that with obviously we see it with Rex. Um, So I think that that could also be potentially again if they we do like kind of uh, a semi crossover during in filling gaps dur- of the um, during the movie, we m- might see Order sixty six and or at least they're going to lead up to how these specific clones are going to respond to that and they're setting up that story for that. I feel like we're getting a setup and it's just not inf- interesting information and they're they're trying hard to make it interesting but they don't 
they're not succeeding. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't think we will see any overlap into Revenge of the Sith. I think the season or the series will end like literally with Anakin and Obi-Wan going to light speed to go to the battle at Coruscant. I think that is the logical place for the show to end. And I'm pretty sure that's where it'll end. Um, you know, how all of this will tie back to these first couple episodes. Who knows? Maybe these first couple episodes, maybe it's a standalone thing. Maybe when they get Rex back and they start treating him, maybe it turns out that he's a, you know, while they were using him to learn the droid or the, the clone algorithm, he was learning the droid skills and tactics and whatever. And then maybe he gives that information to the Republic and maybe that's why we see the tide, the tide of the war turn. And maybe the tide of that war turning is maybe what prompts Sidious to move on to the next stage in his plan. I mean, who knows that, that might be the whole point and purpose of it. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, I don't think we'll see any movie overlap at all. I'm ready to see us uh, to see Ahsoka. I'm I'm really am. I'm ready to see Ahsoka and I'm ready to see Maul. Uh, like I like I said before the show even launched, I really hope that they show they have a couple episodes at least dedicated to Grievous attacking Coruscant, so we can see you know how they how he captures Palpatine and all the the badass stuff that he did along the way on that mission because like he, in the books he had a straight up fight with Mace Windu and he you know surrounded by droids and his personal guard like fought his way through Coruscant to the emperor or to not the emperor but to Palpatine's uh hidden bunker and yeah I mean and it was cool it was a cool book uh plus we got to see the actual search for Sidious going on at that point because they were starting to they were starting the Jedi were starting to be like there's something going on I think this Sith Lord is closer to us than we imagine and maybe we'll see that though. Maybe we will. I'm hoping we see that. I said that, that was like that's my big hope for this uh, before the show even launched is I hope they show that stuff. Um I feel we might. I feel we might still. I just I am I'm concerned after the second episode that we only have 12 and they've burned two. They have burned two. So anything and they're only 24 minutes in length. So yeah, the whatever stories, hey. whatever new stories that are going to be popping up in the next 10 episodes, they're probably going to feel pretty rushed. <coughs> right? So, unless they tie into something we're already familiar with. I I hope we see I I hope we see post order 66. I hope we see the invasion of Coruscant thing and I hope we see just kind of the alternate stories that were all going on separate of say the Anakin story or what, what the movie showed. Cause there was plenty going on at that point in time that the movie couldn't cover. Couldn't even, I mean, just had to say, well, this is what happened. This could be their chance to show it. Um, hopefully I, I hope they go down that route, that road and down that route. Um, but with 10 episodes left and to feel like we just got a huge amount of setup that doesn't feel like it's going to go anywhere. It just all hinged on getting Rex back. I mean, echo back. 
Um, I don't know where they can go with it that's going to feel satisfying yet. And so I'm hoping to see that. And I mean, I can't imagine what they have planned, but I hope they have something good planned coming soon. Like, this next episode better be fucking killer. Well, I mean, we will find out here in just a few days. And, of course, we will be back next week with another episode covering Star Wars news and our our feelings and reactions to the news. And, of course, covering the third episode of Season 7 of The Clone Wars. So, Guy, take us home there, buddy. Well, I'm Guy. That's Buddy. And... Well, folks, we have spoken. <laughs>